0: Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message. We would love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. If you are here in Berkeley, Epworth's worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at 1953 Hopkins on the corner of Napa and Hopkins. Or if you connect with our podcast from further away, we would invite you to visit our website, epworthberkeley.org. We'd invite you to keep seeking to grow in faith and to stop by the next time you're in Berkeley.
1: scripture reading is Matthew 6, number 19 through 24, and you can follow along in your pew Bible, page six. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes For a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Holy wisdom, holy words.
0: There have been two uh, headlines that have been prominent in our news cycle in the last couple of weeks that I want to talk about today. The first is the sentencing of two weeks in jail and community service for the actress Felicity Huffman as a result of the college admissions scandal. And the other is the miraculous trajectory in just one year of the lone climate strike of one 15-year-old girl, Greta Thunberg, who transformed this lone strike to the worldwide climate protests by millions that are, have been happening this weekend. So as a, as a parent of a child who is a senior in high school this year, I've been following the college admissions scandal with a mix of deep concern and pity and outrage. And for, for those of us who have, have kids about the same age, you know, this is, it's a, it, th- there are things that resonate and things that certainly don't resonate. And the parents caught in the scandal have expressed fear as part of their motivation, fear for themselves that their reputations or their self-images will be tarnished if their children don't get into the college uh, of their choice and and fear for their children that their children will experience sadness or disappointment fear for their children that um that they won't have an abundant future fear that they're not doing enough for their children fear that their children won't have their preferred future the irony is that while no amount of money can control the future or make sure that a particular future will happen, these, these very wealthy families actually have enough to, to uh, provide for the basic needs of not just their children, but descendants of generations to come. And though they imagined their, that their treasure was their children, In fact, the scandal showed that they had placed their ultimate valuing not in these relationships and these precious persons, but in wealth and status and power and control and comfort and the perpetuation of these things. Our scripture today from Matthew is part of a well-known discourse from Jesus called the Sermon on the Mount. And in this sermon, Jesus keeps juxtaposing what the world says is valuable and what is really worth a lot. What is really our treasure? Hear these words again. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Well, the actions of Greta Thunberg stand in stark contrast to the actions of those caught up in the admission scandal. Both Thunberg and the parents had grave concerns about the future, but each revealed the location of their treasure in response to this fear. While the parents sought to store up treasures, Thunberg let go of her hold on her own personal future alone, leaving behind the fullness of her own school education and the securities that that provides to seek a better future for all. It's easy to see the differences in these two cases, and the contrast makes an easy target for moralizing. But when we look inside our own selves, how do we respond to our fears, What do we do when those concerns and those senses of dread about the future or other dimensions of our lives come up? Does our response show an attempt to control or avoid storing up our own treasures? Or does our response embrace and treasure the gifts of our lives and creation? Does our response emanate from a faith in an incarnational God who took on the fears and suffering and brokenness of the world by getting squarely into the middle of it? How are we moving squarely into the middle of the world's needs with our hearts and with our treasures? One of the most poignant things about the admission scandal is that by the attempt by these parents to gain more things for their children, imagining that what they were doing was for their children, their actions have actually caused them to lose what was their real treasure, their children. The question of uh, one daughter to her mother was this, why didn't you believe in me? It resounds, their relationship broken, When we don't recognize the true treasure in our lives, when we don't give thanks on a regular basis, daily, sometimes even hourly, for the miracle of family and love and health and faith, community, God and grace, we are most at risk of forfeiting these things. Who among us has not realized the value of a relationship or a state of health only after losing it and who among us has not looked back in wonder to see that in spite of a mistake or a failure to place our hearts with our real treasures we were spared the loss of that treasure only through the grace of god In the clip that Jacob played for us this morning from It's a Wonderful Life, the lead character, George Bailey, has become suicidal due to a financial crisis in his business. He can't see that he's surrounded by a family who adores him, meaningful work, and a town that has been transformed to health and life because of his service. You've been given a great gift, George, says the angel, Clarence Oddbody, a chance to see what life would have been like if you had never been born. George is saved by being able to see his treasures through this gift, but most of us don't have the opportunity to have an angel walk us through what it would have been like if we were never born, and we need some, some other practice some other way of continually identifying our true treasure. We do this by looking in and paying attention to what feels dread-producing and what feels life-giving. Ironically, one of the ways that Christians have discovered what is life-giving has been by looking squarely at death. In the fourth century, the desert fathers and mothers, those ancient monks who sought God in the clarified light and silence of the deserts, had a practice of sitting in caves and staring at skulls to help them face the reality of death and so discern what was life-giving. Worship professor Marcia McPhee talks about her own practice of discerning what is life-giving by imagining a limited time left in her life and thinking about what she would change about her spending habits of time and money. She says, getting to see and witness how I could affect the world for good by offering my resources of time, talent, money, and energy more generously was high on the list. It made me want to spend more on mission and volunteer work and support organizations who are affecting things I care about in the world. I would spend more time with friends around the table, offering beautiful food and conversation that buoys hope in the communities of which I'm a part. I would not choose to allocate my time to projects that zapped my energy and kept me from being able to relish the goodness of life. And when I name these things out loud, she says, I am so aware of my privilege, my ability to choose how I want to make money and it makes me want to work for similar life-giving choices for all people, which brings me full circle to the treasure of giving. We are all called to place our treasure in a courageous vision that seeks the well-being of others and all creation. We have a choice. We can give in to the fears about the future by closing in, trying to protect our own, storing and accumulating with a narrow focus. Or we can transform our fear by embracing all and find that we will only thrive when others thrive. So what is your courageous vision? For today, for the rest of the year, for 2020? For the future? Have you married your vision with God's vision? We know we are blessed with the treasure of a life giving faith community here at Epworth. And we know that it is the collective power of this faith community that allows us to effectively seek the well being of others and all creation. Many of our number have been at the climate marches this weekend on Friday, um, moving out of school, sometimes at Great Consequences, gathering at, Sp- at Sproul Plaza and other locations in the Bay Area to speak on behalf of a future for all. We have an incarnational faith, meaning that we make real in our own bodies the reality of Christ being present on earth, with us now and in the future by the choices we make the actions we take our giving our showing up our loving may you know always that your treasure is real may you know always what your treasure is and the true value of that treasure and may you know that the best way to care for and maintain that treasure is to let go of to give away, to share in pursuit of a wonderful, courageous vision. Where our hearts are, there will be our treasure also.